Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to Vegan Snack Attack. It's me, it's John, and you're, you clicked on the link, you know that Jason Robel is here. Hey, what's up, dude? Hey, good <laughs> I, to be here. I don't get too much into, like, this guy did this and this and that, and you might know him from this, and his name, you know, people look at it, they see the link, they know who's here. So, um, yeah, we've been talking about having you on the show for quite a long time. So Almost this, a year. This is really happening. Has it been that long? It's been. All, it's literally been, yes, almost a year. Well, good for us. <laughs> we finally made it happen. But it's happening at a perfect time because, uh, and I'm going to post this today, uh, your your show is, is premiering soon. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, How to Live to 100. Yep. That is... The greatest name for a show ever, because who wouldn't want to live to 100? Um, and yeah, and you made it happen. And we're going to get into that a little bit. But uh, for those who are maybe less familiar with who you are and just love listening to my voice and my show, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, just who you are and what you do? Sure. I mean, obviously, you're... you're <laughs> You're a well-known person in the vegan world, we'll just put it that way, but I'll let you define yourself. Well, my name, Jason, has its roots in, uh, in Greece. J-A-S-O-N. Okay. Which actually, the origin is healer in Greek. Pretty apropos, making healing food, healing vegan food. Look at that. And then Robel, which is actually Polish from my mom's side, which means Vrubel, means sparrow. So my name actually translates to healer sparrow. So I imagine myself as like a little sparrow with like a little med kit. And like a little, you know, like like a little sparrow that goes around healing boo boos on people. That's, that's what I perfect. do. That's, that is well. That's it. It's my spirit animal. <laughs> that's well. Yeah. I mean, that's who you are. That's your identity. You are a healing sparrow, um, and you should explore that a little bit more. Incorporate that with your brand or, or a new band. I've been wanting to start a, a new band. band actually and call it like the Healing Sparrow. Are you, are you a musician? I am. Yeah, I'm oh, a singer cool. and a guitar player. Oh, that's great. Are you currently in a band? I'm not, but I I want to be in a new band. So I'm putting exciting. it out there to everybody out there, everyone who's listening. If you guys are in LA and you want to start a band, <laughs> I'm looking for a side project and uh, you know something epic, like you know maybe like Queen esque, like uh-huh. sweeping vocals, Freddie Mercury infused vocals, a little bit of soul, maybe a little bit of like folkiness, just a mashup. Wow, that sounds like just about everything. Uh, <laughs> you know, you say that you want to get involved with more things. You have so much going on, though. Yeah. How could you possibly add? To you know, that? it's the energy. Like it's we were energy. just talking about before the interview of like we the, the vegan dogs. Like you take a crazy dog and yes. you feed it a vegan diet, it has even more energy. I know. I and feel like I'm a reflection of that. I've been, uh, so I, I, I think since I last put out an episode, I have gotten a dog and I've been raising him vegan. And uh, I've been like, man, he's just so energetic all the time. And yeah, thinking about it, it's like, oh yeah, well when I went vegan, I had a ton more energy, so why wouldn't he? So Exactly. Bingo. You got to put the energy somewhere. I need to find, uh, and if you know of anybody, like uh, an expert in dog vegan nutrition, 
I want to have that person on the show. Eco vegan gal. Eco vegan gal. All right, it's gonna yeah. happen. Done. That All was right. easy. Perfect. Um, so but, yeah, a little bit more about you. <laughs> uh, we talked a little bit about uh, how you have a, a TV show yep. that's coming out on Food Network, mm-hmm. um, and you're also an author. I am. I, I've done an ebook, a DVD, which are out. You can check those out on my website, which is jasonrobell.com. But I'm also working currently on my very first major lifestyle slash recipe book. It's been to the point of like so many years putting these recipes together. And mm-hmm. I finally feel like, A, the timing is right to piggyback on the TV series. And the demand's going to be high for that. Right, but right. that the recipes are finally in a place where I feel really good about them. And that's one of the reasons I haven't launched a huge cookbook to this point mm-hmm. and just done the ebook and the DVD because I wanted the recipes to be like, you know, Titanic, like just gargantuanly awesome. So um, the recipes are there, the content's there, the book concept's good. So we're aiming for a late 2014 or early oh, okay. 2015 release on that. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. <laughs> so, um, but as far as like my background, just really quick, um, yeah. I've been a professional vegan chef for uh, eight years now. Okay. Um, I moved out from Detroit where I was born and came to California in 2005 and was originally starting to do the acting thing, wasn't really getting any gigs, doing the right, music thing. Yeah. And I thought, what am I going to do for a living in California? Well, I'm pretty good at making food. Uh-huh. So I actually went to culinary school in 2005. Were you vegan at the time? I was vegan, yeah. How long have you been vegan? Since 98, 15 oh. years. That's great. Yeah. So about halfway through, about eight years in, um, I said, you know what? The acting thing and the music thing aren't paying the bills, although I yeah. love them. I got to do something. I'm pretty good at food. So I went to the Living Light Culinary Arts Academy up in Northern California. It's okay. one of, I think, five vegan cooking schools in the world. So it's completely vegan. Absolutely. I was Because I was going to ask, because a lot of... I feel like if you're a vegan and you want to be a chef, you can't just go to a regular, you know, all all around cooking school because that could get a little dicey. It's tough. It's yeah. tough because you can learn technique, right? You can learn yeah. knife skills. Mm-hmm. You can learn flavor balancing recipe creation. But then you have to go the extra step on your own of converting all the recipes. It's kind of a mm-hmm. pain in the butt. Right. But um, there's actually five really, really good culinary schools, um, mostly in the U.S. There's one in the U.K. But, I mean, to have five now... Yeah. It's awesome. There's options now. That's five more than I expected that there would be. Really? Well, kind of. I mean, I could see like little small operations going on, but that's pretty that's pretty exciting. Yeah, so they're legit. They're legit programs. Yeah, and that's that's fantastic. So how long were you, were you doing that program? Um, I was there for the chef's training, which was about a month and a half, mm-hmm. and it was five days a week. So it was pretty intense. It was 12 hours a day, five days a week for a month mm. and a half. So. I got everything from, like I said, knife skills, flavor, combining recipe creation. But the cool thing that really started me, I think, now on this path of doing media was they had a component in there of uh, media training. So they literally had a camera. They had a huge screen TV. And you would do classes as if you were on TV to the entire student body. So the cool thing with that media training was, um, and I remember it was really prophetic. My my main teacher there, Sherry Sawyer, who started the school, she she said back then, she's like, you know what? You're going to be on TV someday. And I was like, okay, I've huh. just graduated from culinary school, you say, <laughs> if you say so. But um, You I sounded saw, really strange at the time, too. I just like, yeah. my voice <laughs> voice training, too. Uh, but Sherry was right. I saw her last year, and I was like, you were like totally psychic, and it's finally happened. So that was really what started me on, on the path of being a, a culinary professional in the vegan uh-huh. world. And um, I went to actually New York. I was working for Matthew Kenny, who's a really amazing raw vegan chef. Mm-hmm. I did some stints in Detroit. Came back to LA, and since then I started a vegan catering company. I started doing really the celebrity personal chefing thing, right? Which right. really kind of helped my career grow. Who was your first client? Um, first client was uh, Jeremy Piven. Oh, cool. Jeremy Piven is he vegan? 
He's not 100% vegan. He's had stints, he, though. He eats a vegan diet sometimes. Well, when I was with him, he was doing actually all mm-hmm. raw and vegan. Um, he was actually doing, and this is totally public, so I can say it, but right. he was doing a uh, chelation therapy for mercury. He had a mercury Right, overdose. I remember that, yeah. And um, he had some issues. So he was chelating for mercury, getting that out of his system. So we were doing a lot of raw food for him. Um, I did stuff with Woody. I did two movies with Woody Harrelson. And through that, I actually got to meet a lot of great people and feed them like Flea, Sigourney Weaver, Steve uh-huh. Buscemi, John C. Riley. Like there were a lot of Ice Cube. It was yeah. cool. It was fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so <laughs> the celebrity thing was was cool. But really the big thing for me was um, starting a YouTube channel. I started my YouTube uh-huh. channel in 2009. And that was really a big step in me finally showcasing, you know, the kind of the zaniness, the comedy, the fun that I like to infuse in all my recipes. Right. And that and combined with doing speaking appearances is what led to the opportunity to do the TV series on Cooking Channel. That is pretty great. Well, but that's that's how you do it. You just have to really pound the pavement and, and just kind of do, do, do. And that's when yeah. people start to like catch on that you're somebody worth listening to. Yeah. And, and that's really exciting. So I... Let's talk a little bit about how you became vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was 15 years ago. 98, yeah. 98. So what led to that? So the interesting thing was the seed that was planted for for veganism and this lifestyle transformation, I, I didn't really know it at the time. It wasn't mm-hmm. an immediate epiphany. But when I was 18 years old in uh, 1995, my grandfather was diagnosed for the second time with cancer. Uh-huh. And um, it was... A really profound moment because here was this really dynamic, strong, masculine figure in my life. Like, you know, the the, the patriarch of the family. Mm-hmm. You go to grandpa for anything. You know, it's, you need a yeah. car lifted, grandpa lift the car. You have any tool in mind, grandpa has that tool. And, you know, he had this image and this energy in our family of anything you need, grandpa can take care of. A very strong, masculine presence. And to see him, um, you know, really wither away and die of cancer was was kind of a shock for me. Uh-huh. And what that did was it, it really spurned something. It, it ignited something in me to take a really deeper look at how my family was living, what they were eating, how I was living. Cause at that time at 18, I mean, I had no, I, anything you put in front of my face, I would eat. Right. Literally. It was like seafood diet. I see it. I eat it totally. Right. <laughs> so I had no consciousness around my food choices, totally standard American diet. Didn't care. But seeing him pass away and really looking at, the choices that I was making and my family was making, I, I saw a path that a lot of us, including myself, were heading down that was not a healthy one. There's like this ending mm-hmm. to this story is not going to be good if I keep going this way. Right. And around that time, there was a lot of uh, media attention because the internet had just been around for like a year or so, but <laughs> um, mad cow disease right. and Creutzfeldt-Jakob's disease. And I started just going down this rabbit hole of um, anti-cancer protocols, mad cow disease, which led to vegetarianism and mm-hmm. veganism and led to animal rights and looking at the factory farming and the environmental impacts. And I was like, my mind was kind of exploding and expanding at the same time. Uh-huh. I felt like I was having either daily epiphanies or daily meltdowns of, I can't believe this is happening in the world. Right. But eventually what I started to do was thinking, you know what? Okay, I'm going to make gradual changes. So I started taking out one animal product at a time, beef, pork, chicken, turkey, eggs, cheese, fish was the last thing to go. Mm -hmm. And that gradually took about the course of a year, year and a half. So by early mid 98, I found myself as a vegan and I was like, I'm standing in the kitchen in Detroit talking to my mom and saying, mom, I'm a vegan now (laughs) and waiting for her reaction. There's that pause. She's like, okay, I just want to make sure you're going to be healthy. 
Uh-huh. And lo and behold, two, three months later, she was vegan too. Oh, that's awesome. So since then, I mean, so many issues that I had health-wise. Um, I was never obese, but I was a little bit overweight. Uh-huh. I always had skin issues and things like that. Um, more energy, clear skin, tons of energy. I I say that honestly to this day. It's still the most important and life-changing decisions I, I've made, hands down. I feel like right now hands I'm down. listening to... Myself talking about my how I became really except instead of cancer it was heart disease. My family has a history of heart disease, and uh, my my father had uh, a heart attack when I was a teenager, and that's when I was like, "What can I do to make sure this doesn't happen to me like yeah. happened to my father and my grandfather?" And I'm sure generations beyond that. Right. And that's how it started, and then it was just like cutting out things one after another after another, and then yeah, like you said, it's like oh. I have a lot more energy and all, you know, all these, all these benefits, although my mother is not vegan, but she definitely, you know, tries and she enjoys to, uh, dabble in it when I'm, when I'm around. Awesome. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it, I think that's a really common, uh, situation. Yeah. yeah that, that's kind of how it happens. Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing that, that I get when people ask about, um, how to deal with family, cause that's one of the biggest questions I mm-hmm. still get is. I want to eat healthier. I want to eat more vegan or raw or veg, but you know, my family's really freaked out by it. But the thing is I never took the pushy or, um, zealous approach by by shoving it down my family's throats. It kind of was this whole thing of, okay, I'm just going to do what's right for me in my best interest. The thing that I feel my heart and my spirit are aligned with and they're going to pay attention or they're not. But lo and behold, here we go. Years later, my family's in Detroit, which is a very challenged city when it comes to, being healthy, there's a lot of obesity, a lot sure. of heart disease, diabetes, yeah. etc. But my mom's vegan, my aunt, my two cousins, uh, my other, I mean, I'm seeing now my uncle eating vegan food. So I can name about five or six people in my family. So I go, listen, if my family in Detroit, Michigan right, yeah. can do this, you have no excuses. You can do this. That's incredible. You can do this. Yeah. Oh, that's that's you inspiring. Know? It is. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, I, I never ask I'm sure you didn't like say, hey, you guys should go vegan. Mm, it was no. all just like, hey, I'm here. I can answer questions for you if you want. And feed you. And feed you. That's <laughs> a, That, I think, is the difference. Uh, I mean, my family is all elsewhere, but maybe if I was around them and I cooked for them, right. there would be a little bit of a difference. But, uh, well, except for my brother who is like a, a celebrity in the pizza world. I don't think he's ever going vegan. A celebrity in the pizza? Yeah, I didn't know there he, were celebrity pizza. Oh, he uh, he runs a, a company in New York. Uh, his name is Scott. He, it's called Scott's Pizza Tours. Wow. And he just came out with a book. Do you know who I, he is? I've seen him online. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's my brother, Scott. He uh, just came out with a book called Viva La Pizza. It's about the art of the pizza box. And just one, or one, I don't know, was given the Guinness record for the largest collection of pizza boxes. Yeah. He's a weird dude, <laughs> but wow. I love him. He's great. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he, he was actually the one person that I was nervous about telling that I was vegan. Cause then it was like, oh, well it, it turned, it went from like, oh, well we can't have pizza together to let's find ways that we can have pizza together. And he has become way more open to the vegan pizza world and things like that. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, that's how it happens. You just, and like you were saying, don't shove it down people's throats. Uh, the way I see it is being vegan has a lot to do with compassion towards animals. So why be rude to people if you're not going to be rude to, you know, people are animals. So, you know, just be compassionate to everybody and just, I don't know, be accepting and 
know enough so that you can educate people. If anybody has any questions, just be the person that's willing to just say like, hey, do whatever you want, but if you have any questions about anything or if you want to try what I'm eating, you know, by all means. Exactly. And I think you you nailed it. Like just being compassionate and receptive Mm -hmm. and knowing that people are on different stages of their journey, you know, Mm -hmm. their life path. It's like when I decided to go vegan and embrace this lifestyle, it was the perfect moment for me to do so. But that moment is going to be different for all of us. And sure. where we are in our evolution and our Every, consciousness. Everybody's different. Yeah. Everybody's different. And certain people, you know, for health reasons, find it really difficult to be vegan or vegetarian. And, you know, if the ethical part of things is that is, is important to them, then uh, they'll find ways to make it work with it, with health and everything. Yeah. It's a lot of iron deficiencies and things like that, but it's like, Hey, eat a lot. That's of easy to fix though. Yeah. No, see, that, that's <laughs> the thing I always tell people is, uh, you know, they ask me all the reasons as you did, why I decided uh, to become vegan. It was really on all points. It was, um, all the great health benefits, mm-hmm. realizing that I could through my daily choices, just be a example of compassion and respect for all life. And then of course the great lessening of the environmental impact, but from a nutritional standpoint, you know, I really was diligent in doing my research. I still am because it mm-hmm. fascinates me of what is optimal for the human body. And if you yeah. look at it, any nutrient, even the tough ones people talk about, people talk about iron, they talk about B12, D3, mm-hmm. K2. Oh, you got to eat blah, blah, blah to get that. But if you look at it from a strictly scientific nutritional perspective, you can find all those things in a plant-based source. Sure. It's just a matter yeah. of choice. I popped a B12 it's, pill this morning because I know that's like the harder one. I told to, you to stop popping pills, John. Hey, listen. Injections It's, it's important. Injections <laughs> only. <laughs> if you, you find me in an alley with a needle, it's like, it's my B12. I, I swear. <laughs> uh, yeah, B12 is a tough one. But yeah, the, every, it, plants, they got everything. <laughs> that's, that's what the animals are eating that synthesize in their body. That's so right. the plants are always right. the source. So for me, I always just love to be, um, like you said, a beacon of answers. Sure. Even the tough questions, because I love being able to answer or provide a perspective on really even the tough questions. Well, I, I have a question for you, because sure. this is something that I've been looking into as recently as just like a couple of days ago, I started looking into this stuff. Uh, do you know anything about this whole thing about eating for your blood type? I do know a little bit a little about, bit about that. Because um, yes. I, I started... I, I went to the doctor the other day and I realized I did not know my blood type. And I knew that there was, you know, there are certain things about your body's chemistry and your blood's, you know, makeup that, you know, can really dictate what your body needs because it, it fluctuates from person to person and the, and the blood is a big component of that. So I looked into it and um, I was looking at, I had found out I'm AB positive and I was looking at the, uh, just like some websites where it's like things not to eat. And I was like, Oh, like avocados and bananas, really? Like, why not? And I don't, I don't understand why, it, like, certain foods like that necessarily are bad. And I don't know. What do you know about eating for your blood type? Um, uh, just very briefly, um, mm-hmm. I've only read the original edition that I think came back out in the '90s. I think is uh-huh. when the first one came out. But at that time, um, I personally didn't vibe with it. A because the foods that they listed for my blood type, which is AB negative, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of those foods, a la avocados, bananas, yeah. I feel amazing when I eat them. So uh-huh. I thought, okay, energetically, if I feel good when I eat these, I don't have any digestive problems, I have a lot of energy, then clearly my body is sending me a pos- positive signal, right? Sure. Yeah. And when I dwelled down and drilled down into the research, um, Peter uh, 
Diadamo, I think, who's the uh, original uh, okay. author of the book, mm-hmm. he didn't have any actual certified clinical research to back up what he was talking huh. about. So I thought if you don't have peer-reviewed clinical studies to back up what you're saying, oh, I didn't, the validity I didn't of such, I'm not going to put so much stock in. Plus, I also met longtime vegans, a la Dr. Gabriel Cousins, mm-hmm. David Wolf at the time, who are um, blood type O. And blood type O under the blood type diet is you have to eat meat. Oh, that's the one where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm an O blood type. I can't be vegan. That's what I hear I've a lot. I've heard that so much. Yeah. But looking at 20 plus year vegans in Dr. Cousins, David Wolf, a few other people who said, yeah, I'm O and I've been vegan for two decades, uh-huh. kind of debunks the whole thing. So sure. personally, I have not found any benefit in it. Although if we're talking about blood type very quickly, mm-hmm. I am really into um, the acid alkaline balance of blood. Re- okay. Tell me about that. Okay. So the pH diet, if you will. Or I just prefer to look at acid versus alkaline. Mm -hmm. Um, If we go back to the whole cancer protocol, right, of looking at what happened to my grandpa and people, um, cancer cells can only thrive in an acidic environment. If the body's alkaline, if you're eating an alkaline diet, cancer cells can't proliferate. So what feeds acidic in the body? Mm -hmm. Meat, cheese, milk, eggs, sugar, refined products, artificial sweeteners, artificial dyes, anything artificial or meat-based naturally or animal-based is going to acidify the body. There are no alkaline, as far as I know in the research I've seen, alkaline animal products. They all toward, go toward acidic. Uh-huh. So if I see that cancer cells thrive in an acidic environment and you're exacerbating an acidic condition by eating more acidifying products, not so good for the body. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the middle, right? Certain things are going to be acidic. Certain fruits are acidic. But I just think animal products across the board, again, in the research I saw was like way on the acidic sure, side. yeah. So for me, I know that if I'm going a little bit toward the alkaline side, I feel better. I feel great, especially if you're working out. If you run, you lift weights, you do yoga. Anytime you're exerting the body and really working out your muscle tissues, your body overcompensates by being in an acidic state. Mm -hmm. So when people drink like whey protein and they put the egg yolks in their shakes, the body's already acidic from working out Mm -hmm. and you're compounding that by eating more acidic foods. So again, just strictly from a scientific perspective, I really feel better the more alkaline foods that I eat. So uh, define, because I, I don't know too much about alkaline foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can just talk a little bit about what an alkaline food is and what, I don't know, just absolutely from there. Sure thing. Yeah. So when you eat a, a food, it has a direct effect on your blood. It's the pH mm-hmm. of your blood. So when you eat foods that are 8.5 or higher, thereabouts, you have an alkaline food. Anything okay. below that's going to be on the acidic side. Okay. So when you eat something, um, let's use an animal product, meat, cheese, milk, and eggs as, as an example. Um, you eat these things. And what they do is they have an acidifying effect on your blood. That does one thing. First of all, it creates an environment potentially for nasty things to happen. Mm-hmm. But also when you have an acidic blood consistently, your body has to buffer that acidic state by doing one thing, drawing an alkaline mineral to buffer that from the body. Uh-huh. What does it pull first? Calcium. Okay. So the great myth here is that we eat dairy products and they build strong bones, sure, quote unquote. Right. But the unfortunate thing is any acidifying condition in the body doesn't have to be just animal products. If you eat a ton of acidic foods, your body has to overcompensate by drawing those minerals from your bones. So we have a negative game. Oh, wow. We have a negative experience. So again, what I like to do is make sure the minerals stay in, mm-hmm. right? Strong bones, strong tissues, strong ligaments. And we have an alkaline state, which ensures all those essential minerals stay in our bones where they belong. So 
Um, when you eat alkaline things like millet, quinoa, avocados, um, fresh vegetables, mm-hmm. fresh greens, most fresh fruits. And the thing is people say, well, what about citrus fruits like lemon? Well, they right. are acidic, but when they hit your bloodstream, they actually have an alkalizing effect. Huh. So what I recommend people doing is um, Googling uh, the pH miracle or the pH diet or uh-huh. acid alkaline balance. And you can find a chart online okay. of all the acidic foods and the alkaline foods. It's really easy. Wow. Uh, and... Hey, this is a podcast. Feel free to rewind a little bit if you didn't catch all of that because yeah. that was a lot of great information. I didn't know any of that. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, and what you can do is just print off a chart, put it on your fridge, sure. and then you can look every day and go, okay. And you can kind of feel when you're acidic. You might be sluggish, kind of uh, feeling like a little bit irritable, angry. You can start to tune into when you feel like maybe you're eating too much acidic food. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is just go toward the alkaline side, balance it out. It's all about balance. It is all about balance. Well said. <laughs> uh, so, okay, trying to think of like where we were. So you, you talked a little bit about your, your background, what made you become vegan. Your family is now heavily influenced by the vegan diet, and I imagine they're all thriving and doing great. Yeah. Uh, but they're in Detroit. Just talk, speaking a little bit about Detroit, is that at all a vegan-friendly city, or do they do a lot of cooking on their own? Honestly, it's a much more vegan-friendly city than people would imagine. Really? It's it's. What, awesome. are, your, what are your favorite Detroit hotspots? Oh, my God. For any Detroit listeners out there, this could be really... <laughs> I mean, you know, there's, there could be some hidden gems that people don't know about. Or anyone taking a vacation in Sure. Detroit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you, I do get a lot of people listening to the show who are curious about vegan diets. Sure. And a lot of people who live in places where they might not realize they can find vegan foods if they go out to eat so that's why i like to kind of talk about different regions and kind of what's what's good there so let's talk about detroit okay so detroit um the classic the stalwart if you will that's Mm -hmm. been around since the 80s is the in-season cafe that's in royal oak amazing totally home-cooked comfort food is it all vegan it's all vegan all vegan wait actually no they do have a cheese option on some of their menu so it's 98 Mm percent vegan in-season cafe is great um, the Ohm Cafe is a macrobiotic restaurant. That's amazing. The Ohm Cafe. That sounds like a the place Ohm Cafe. that would be um, The Cacao Tree is great. Uh-huh. That's a, a raw food vegan restaurant. Um, there's a place in downtown Detroit called Seva, S-E-V-A. Uh-huh. Awesome. They have these general sows, uh, cauliflower chicken bites what? that are just like, ugh. So that's, that's probably right. for I'm on my way to Detroit right um, now. And of course, so like with Detroit, they've got a ton of uh, Middle Eastern residents. Uh-huh. So you can go to any Middle Eastern restaurant, get a ton of baba ganoush, mm-hmm. hummus, grape leaves. It's really actually easier than ever. And I say this. I've traveled and done speaking appearances all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. And there is that common myth that people go, oh, well, you live in L.A. or San Francisco or New York. It's easy for you guys. Right. But having gone to places like Detroit, mm-hmm. Chicago, um, oh, Alabama, 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 Alabama. Talk a little about Alabama. Okay, so I go to Montgomery, Alabama. Right. Okay. There's this amazing vegan restaurant, raw vegan restaurant there. There's this great Thai joint down the street from where I'm staying. Has a totally separate vegetarian menu. Uh-huh. So I'm like, listen, Montgomery, Alabama has vegan options, people. So what I tell people to do is, look, you go and Google it, or go to Happy Cow. Right. Uh-huh. Happy Cow is like this Happy great Cow's compendium awesome. yeah. of vegan restaurants all over the world, not mm-hmm. just the U.S. Vegan and vegan friendly. Vegan and vegan friendly. Exactly. Like I said, like even Thai places that Mm -hmm. might have a separate vegetarian menu. So, um, well, any Thai place also, if you just know what to ask, you know, just make sure there's no fish sauce Mm -hmm. and things Mm -hmm. that, you know, seem like they might be, just say no animal stuff, no, no fish sauce. And you're usually pretty totally. So even in Detroit or random places, you can find really, really good restaurant options. Yeah. 
I was recently in um, in Providence, Rhode Island, and I, I was there for a wedding, and I was like, oh, I'll look around. Across the street from my hotel was a vegetarian Asian place that was fantastic, and of wow. course they had a lot of vegan options. Uh, there was a... Uh, actually, uh, I, I tweeted, I was like, hey, I'm in Providence, where should I go? There's a vegetarian restaurant in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, which is just a short drive away, and... In the same strip mall, there is an, an all-vegan bakery called Wild, Wildflower. I've heard of Wildflower. Have, oh, Jason, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, wow. It's, it's fantastic. I had this uh, whoopie pie there and like a peanut butter we brownie. Have whoopie pie? Yeah, I know. Man. Vegan was, whoopie pie. Those yeah, might be the they, three best words I've heard all <laughs> vegan they, uh They actually sell some here in Los Angeles at uh, Locally over on Franklin. Sometimes they have them. So look out for that. I, you know so what? Good. I might just go there after this I know. and go and I'm try and so storm close. the gates. <laughs> they, yeah, sometimes they have them in a little like baked goods <sighs> container. So just saying. That's all. Okay, well, it's not New Year's yet, so I haven't started my cleanse. Oh, so okay. Could... I've got two more days to cheat, yeah. So uh, we, we talked a little bit about how you do a lot of like vegan raw cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talked briefly about this before we started recording, but that's something that you do... Do you always cook raw? No, I don't. No. Um, okay. Although I did start off that way. Um, oh, yeah. Like in 05, basically the whole transition uh, around the eight-year mark of vegan to me was I was eating a lot of um, vegan junk food. Mm-hmm. I was eating a lot of gluten. Just yeah. I, I was vegan, but I was just like... I would go to places like in Philadelphia, Gianna's Grill, which used to uh-huh. be this epic place. I used place. to live in Philadelphia. Okay, yep. Gianna's Grill. Mm-hmm. I would go... That place is vegan junk food dude i would go and i would get a whole <laughs> or vegetarian foot long philly cheesesteak uh-huh. polish it i'd get two slices which you know the slices were like the size yep. of a pothole polish those <laughs> oh, i'd get like God. two eclairs and a piece of pie and i okay so let's just say i wasn't the healthiest vegan yeah. in the world and i started thinking you know what i gotta start really transitioning into fresher food mm-hmm. so around that time 0405 i was like you know i'm gonna try this raw thing out i've been hearing a lot about it few cookbooks were out at the time and i got into the raw thing i started taking gluten out of my diet and i felt even better i was like dang <laughs> this is like next level you know uh-huh. you go vegan and there's levels to it what did it what do for you i mean i i know that there's like an increased energy and things like that but uh what else does that really do for you what did you feel i, I mean know. digestively for me digestively. it was a big thing yeah mm-hmm. i mean energy was obviously like the big thing um, I felt like I could have more endurance with my workouts. That was mm-hmm. another thing. But really for me, it was a digestive thing. I was just really bloated all the time. I think it was probably a lot of uh, soy meat and gluten that my body yeah. wasn't really feeling so good on. Right. Um, so cutting out a lot of the processed products and the glutinous products, I just felt better. I mean, my mm-hmm. digestion felt better uh, and more energy. Those were really the two big benefits. Uh-huh. And then so I started um, really doing mostly raw up until oh, about 2009. Um, I was still had my catering company was doing vegan weddings, vegan events. Um, but I honestly just, I was doing winters raw and I wasn't feeling my best in the dead uh-huh. of winter. And I thought my body really is asking for soup. So if my body's asking for soup, why be cruel yeah. here, body have some soup. You can still have, have a soup and, and do it right. Have yeah. a cream of broccoli sure. with cashew. Go for it. <laughs> and honestly, I felt that eating clean cooked foods I felt great. Mm-hmm. I felt balanced. And I felt more balanced than doing 100% raw. Mm-hmm. So I started incorporating cooked food back in about 2009, about four years after I started the raw thing. 
And right now I'm varies in the summertime. Sure. I'm close to hundred percent. Well, just like you said, listen to your body. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's pretty exciting. So, but the ebook that you have is raw cooking. That's hundred percent right? raw. hundred percent raw. Yeah. Now what the, are some of the, uh, the best in your opinion recipes? Oh my there? goodness. In the ebook, the pad thai is the bomb. Oh yeah. The pad thai is pretty magnificent. A that raw a- pad thai. So is that with kelp with noodles? kelp noodles now the Nailed secret it. the secret the mm-hmm. secret is not just popping the kelp noodles out of the bag because uh, they're crunchy yeah and it's weird, weird. And yeah, yeah you've got to actually soak them and marinate them so what i like to do is soak them overnight real quick uh, tip for you kelp noodle users um soak them in warm water overnight drain them the next day and then you massage them with an acid a la lime juice or lemon juice uh-huh. a little bit of salt and olive oil and you massage them for about 10 minutes and they start to break down and get to the al dente pasta texture. Nice. That's what makes it. Gotcha. So you got to prep the kelp noodles. You got to take some time. Prep the kelp, man. You know? Prep the kelp. Give them a massage. Uh, so the pad thai is one of my favorites. Um, I'd have to say the superfood fudge brownies with the, with the warm chocolate sauce is good. Um, and then uh, the chili with sour cream is one of my favorites too. Raw chili. Chili with sour cream. Yeah, you make, Raw the chili, chili. you make the chili meat out of, you can do either almonds or walnuts. Uh-huh and carrot and you pulse that in the food processor uh-huh. and once you mix it with the tomato sauce and all the other spices tastes just like regular chili sure it's amazing and then what's the sour cream a macadamia or cashew Ooh. so you do macadamia nuts soak those or cashews um you combine it with a little bit of nutritional yeast mm-hmm. a little bit of lemon juice salt pepper maybe a little bit of garlic granules a little water blend it up in the blender and you've got a smooth creamy delicious tangy sour cream i wish that i had like a I don't know if it would be a, a faucet or just like a, some dispenser. I wish that I had some sort of like tap into a general supply of nutritional yeast, <laughs> like a citywide supply where it's like next to the sink where you get your water. Then there's like a little faucet and just like nutritional yeast just kind of like pours out. Like your own bulk section in your house. Exactly. Like but it's just like troughs. you never have to replace it. Just there's like a, I don't know, a reservoir of nutritional <laughs> yeast somewhere. And it just, it's just a free flowing thing. Oh, I love it. I could put it on Imagining anything. that now. Yeasty lake, a lake of yeast. <laughs> it is, nutritional yeast is so incredible. I don't know. I wish that more people, uh, I mean, vegans obviously swear by it, but I don't, not enough people know about it. It's true. Well, not enough people know too. I, I, just segueing real quick that mm-hmm. um, I feel like the holy grail of um, opposition to, to eating vegan was cheese for a lot of people. Oh, well, I was vegetarian, me. but gotta have my cheese pizza and ice cream me was the yeah right mm-hmm. but now it's like there are so many unbelievably good vegan cheeses on the market yeah you're right you've got dea you've got go veggie you've got uh tal ronan who has the mm-hmm. great restaurant here crossroads just came out with his line yeah. of whole foods kite hill which is crazy i good. haven't had that one yet punk rock labs too like i could yeah. name off 10 vegan follow cheeses. your heart what i like to do if i'm doing a pizza is I combine Daya and Follow Your Heart. Yeah. Because it's the fl- I like the flavor better for Follow Your Heart, but the stretchiness of the diet. Like you mix the two of them and it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, what was that oh, place? It's over on Sunset, near, it's near a veggie grill. It's like West Sunset. Doomies? No. no, 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 no. West Sunset by. Um, there's a pizza place. It's like. Masa? No. Cruiser. No, this is like West. Oh, uh, by e- Fairfax. Evo Kitchen? Evo Kitchen. I love Evo I went Kitchen. to Evo Kitchen, and they have both Follow Your Heart and Daya. Yes. And I asked them to combine them once, and the pizza came out, and it looked like dairy cheese, and it tasted like dairy cheese, and it acted like dairy cheese. And everybody in the restaurant 
was like, no, this is dairy. This is cow cheese. And the chef was like, no, I combined the two. Like, he asked. <laughs> and I was just like, nope. Everybody's like winning. Gonna... I know, but I was winning. like, I'm not sure that this is vegan. And they're just like, he says that's what it is. So, Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And I, I didn't get sick afterwards. So. Has your brother tried it? Uh, that combo, I don't think so. Okay. Cause right. I mean, between New York and yeah. LA, I feel like there are so many good vegan pizza options. A, yeah. We did, uh, some vegan pizza tours with his company, uh, in New York and there's a lot of great stuff out there. Uh, there's a place called Pala, uh, P-A-L-A, which has a lot of great vegan and gluten-free options. Wow. Uh, that place is fantastic. Um, and even places, I mean, you don't have to have a pizza with cheese necessarily. If you go to the right place that just knows how to do it right and just doesn't just substitute cheese with tons of toppings and overloads it with too many vegetables and anything, just a great marinara pie. It's so right. good. Right. Well, that's mm. that's actually in southern Italy um, how they the original recipe yeah. was not with cheese. Yeah. So I went there about um, uh, six or seven years ago and went to southern Italy and uh, went to a little cafe yeah. right, right near the southern coast and right on the menu it was like, old school margarita pizza cheese wasn't even on it it was oh my it was just insane yeah there's uh there's a pizzeria that opened maybe a couple years ago just here in hollywood uh is it stella bar something like that right over by arc light uh-huh yeah and they have it's i think the rossi and it's just you know marinara garlic and tomato stuff and it is really good nice it is really good a friend of mine who was not vegan was eating something with like cheese and meat and then he had a slice of mine he's like oh yours is much better (laughs) that's always the best is when somebody who isn't vegan tries the vegan thing and says oh no this is the way to go yeah yeah. i've had the same experience at uh mohawk bend um which you know they have their vegan and non-vegan stuff and they just started doing the they're, they're making their own cashew cheese pretty recently have you been there i have I have. Their cashew cheese is so good. I'm a big fan of that stuff. But that's one where like people seem to prefer the vegan pizzas to the non-vegan pizzas. Nice. And that always makes me feel really good. Yeah, they, they're, they're making their own sausage. And they're making their own vegan sausage. House made. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, also the cashew cheese. You gotta respect a place like that. It's an upgrade. Yeah, yeah man. Totally. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I don't want to get too LA specific about, about this kind of stuff. So... Let's talk about the show. Yes. Uh, How to Live to 100. Yep. Uh, and so today is the 30th. I'm going to put this out uh, later today. It premieres on the 3rd? Friday. Yep. Friday, January 3rd. That is exciting. How long have you been in the works with this? The whole thing started in February of 2011. And okay. I'll just give you the brief cliff notes. Sure. Um, so I was doing a conference called the Longevity Now Conference in Costa Mesa uh, and was speaking there with David Wolf and a whole bunch of mm-hmm. other great chefs and speakers and health educators. And one of the organizers of the event, um, she put me in touch with her daughter, who is the director of the show, actually, mm-hmm. and part of the production company. They're called Crazy Legs. And she said... You know, there's this great chef named Jason. You should get in touch with him. So Alana, who's the director of the show, called me up and said, hey, uh, my mom got me in touch with you, gave me your number. We actually have a concept we want to work on for uh, a plant-based, healthy Mm -hmm. show. It's awesome. Dream come true, right? Because I had been intending that since like 2008, 2007. It was like, I want to have a vegan cooking show. Mm -hmm. So 2011, the first, I guess, alignment or connection happened. We came up with a concept. 
And uh, we pitched it to Food Network in January of 2012 at a mm -hmm. conference. They greenlit the pilot episode, the special, in April of 2012. We shot it that summer. It finally came on the air. The special pilot mm -hmm. was this year, January of 2013. Right. And then we got picked up for the full series. So the series got greenlit. We shot this summer in Atlanta. And now, finally, we have season one. That is so exciting. How many episodes? Um, we shot four episodes, okay. and there's 10 online webisodes. Oh, cool. So the big thing was we wanted to hit the TV thing, yeah. but we also wanted to give people the option of people who are international fans sure. or people who don't actually own a TV, which mm -hmm. I got a lot of Facebook posts on that tip. Like, yeah. I don't have a TV, or I live in Germany. What can I do? Yeah. So we've got four episodes for season one and then 10 webisodes, and the webisodes are actually already up, so you can go Ooh. to cookingchanneltv.com and check those out. Uh, is it on Food Network or Cooking Channel? So it's on Cooking Channel, it's which is Cooking owned Channel. by Food Network. Right. So Food Network's been around for 20 years. They just had mm -hmm. their 20-year anniversary. And Cooking Channel's been around for about five years now. Uh -huh. Cooking Channel is kind of like their, um, their underground, more indie channel, yeah. where they launch a really cool concepts, more experimental concepts. Right. And that's also a thing, and not to get too like inside baseball about television. Yeah, yeah. I, I produce and develop reality shows. Okay. And... Uh, I've I've tried doing vegan shows and I've got something that's uh, in the works that's in development, but that's not you know at the at the network level yet. And having something that has a, a vegan core is risky for networks because it's like I don't know. A lot of people think that it's a fad, and you know I, I'm just you know it, it's it's uh, it's something that makes people who have dollar signs in their eyes a little bit nervous. Sure. You know, so sure. it's, it's really great that this is happening now. And it's yeah. unfortunate that it didn't get a full run, you know, a year or two ago. But, you know, hey, in time, and maybe just take some time for people to realize, like, hey, this is something that people do want to do want to watch and, and check out. Well, that was a big part of it, though, yeah. is, is when we, you know, when we really got down and, and started talking to them about the concept that eventually became mm -hmm. How to Live to 100, um, you know, we looked at a lot of research and numbers of number of vegetarian households, number of vegan mm -hmm. households, and also more importantly, the growth over the last 20 years of the organic yeah. industry, the vegan industry, vegan products. And the other statistic that was most compelling was the number of U.S. households that were eating meatless meals. Not strictly vegetarian or uh -huh. vegan, but the massive increase in the past five years of the number of households eating more meatless meals. So seeing the demand rise right. for not only the product, but the lifestyle and eating more plant-based food, I really feel like this is the moment where, you know... The mainstream U.S. market is ready for this, and that's mm -hmm. why it's happening now. That's why it didn't happen three years ago or five years ago. Right? Do you do you know any of those numbers off offhand? No, not no. off the top of my yeah. head. No, I'm, I'm curious. There's so many statistics. I'm, I'm so like, curious because I, that that's one of the things where it's like I, I'd love to find out that information. Um, it's yeah, but it's the growth is is obscene. It's great. I mean, absolutely. You know. The incorporation of like meatless Mondays and all of the celebrities, like the ones that you mentioned, who are a adapting to a, a vegan diet and like Bill Clinton and the, you know just like seeing these people who are doing this and seeing the way that they're transforming. Yeah, it's really inspiring for a lot of people. And hey, better late than never, I guess. But and who knows where it'll go from here? But we, we don't. But but it's the growth, like yeah. you said. It's like it's exponential. We, yeah. we don't see any of the numbers going down. Like all right. these categories I'm talking about of people buying organic food, trying mm -hmm. plant based food, eating vegan. 
um, vegan recipe cookbook sales. We now yeah. have several vegan cookbooks that are New York Times bestsellers. Yeah. That was unheard of. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and it's, it I was think that of. even just the word vegan is becoming more acceptable for people. Sure. I think that it used to be a turnoff, but now I think people are really starting to hear it and not, I don't know, roll their eyes pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so, so walk me through an episode of the show. <laughs> okay. uh, what's, what's the rundown here? Okay, so the whole concept here is, um, is I'm on a quest uh -huh. to learn how to live to 100. Uh -huh. So I have characters in the show. So it's, dig this if you can for a second. Uh -huh. It's part sitcom, part cooking show, part man on the street. Here's, here's a typical episode. I'll explain it. So okay. I'm going to visit my guru whose name is Roshi Joe, mm -hmm. who is an amazing character because he's kind of like your anti-guru mm -hmm. where he's like this Burt Reynolds, totally cool, like machismo, very cool dude, but who's very wise, who has all these great tips about nutrition and food. So I come to him and I'm like, hey, Roshi, you know, I really want these tips to learn how to live to 100. I've been having like wondering what's the best food to like fight inflammation mm -hmm. so he tells me about cauliflower and i'm like oh okay let me go check out cauliflower so i go to my muse her name is sunny she owns this vegan cafe who i totally have the hots for i'm always <laughs> trying to get her to go out on dates with me she never does so we have this gentle flirtatious relationship where i'm always trying to go out on dates with her but we're also trying to outdo each other with recipes so we challenge each other to who can make the best recipe uh -huh. so roshi sends me out on this quest i go visit sunny i'm getting inspiration from them trying out new recipes i've never tried before but then also one of the components is me going and visiting regular restaurants mm -hmm. and doing vegan versions of their classic recipes okay so i'm visiting other chefs and trying out their food collaborating on recipes with them so it's kind of like one little tip or one little clue leads to the next segment leads uh -huh. to the next segment leads to the next segment so it's a half hour show and it's these three great concepts like a in dense one. half hour it's a lot yeah. of information and yeah. uh, it's a lot of great recipes it's really fun there's a lot of comedy i bet um so that's your typical episode is me going on a journey and um the way that we've structured the show is uh different than the special the pilot mm -hmm. where i had a whole lot of different recipes with a series now we're focusing on one hero ingredient per episode so okay so there's a theme for each episode exactly one maybe being cauliflower exactly right. so the episodes we've got are um going back to collie uh-huh we've got attack <laughs> of the scrumptious tomato we've got cuckoo for coconuts and uh -huh. a wash in squash nice so the hero ingredients are definitely the focus and, of each episode. and what are the webisodes like the webisodes are actually um recipes that we didn't have time to incorporate oh, okay. into the half hour so it's show. A deleted scenes essentially deleted scenes yeah. extras bonus right. footage so there's a whole bunch of extra recipes that didn't make the actual tv series that uh -huh. are on there and then i also have cooking tutorials so there's a segment on how to open a coconut a segment on how to cold smoke tomatoes Ooh. so there's tips and tutorials and kitchen tips there it's pretty cool and uh this is all shot in atlanta all shot in atlanta so uh, any georgians out there if you're uh looking to do some vegan stuff you can uh, i don't know after each episode go to the spots and, and totally and check it out totally so that's pretty cool that's yeah. so exciting it's actually finally happening it is uh, and i think the concept too being a hybrid concept uh -huh is one that um, the public is ready for. Because if you look at the programming stats, you know, your traditional cooking show of, hey, I'm gonna stand in the kitchen for an hour and just make recipes. Uh -huh. Although that's there and there are great chefs who do that, I really feel like Cooking Channel is really getting behind, like I said, innovative concepts, really creative content. Yeah. And the show concept is just an extension of that. That's fantastic. Yeah. But hey, Jason, let's talk about snacks. You brought some snacks here. Okay, so now I, I need to say something. <laughs> yes. 
I did not make these snacks. Okay. My mother did. <gasps> no way. So, mom snacks. So, so we have we have uh, Christmas goodies from no my mom. Way. So every year she sends me a care package with megalithically insane vegan and raw c- treats and cookies. Uh-huh. So these are raw. So and these vegan. are all raw. Is your mother raw? My mom's high raw. She eats okay. a lot of cooked food. But here, I want to say one thing. If I were to ever go on Iron Chef versus my mother, which would be great TV, by uh-huh. the way, it'd be great programming, <laughs> um, I would be hard-pressed to defeat her. Uh-huh. She's an even better chef than I am. Look out. She's she, insane. Does she have her own YouTube channel yet? She doesn't have her own YouTube channel, but that. but we've been talking about when she moves out to California in a few years, uh-huh. hint, hint, um, yeah. we're going to open up a vegan bakery that will take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> so with all due respect to the current vegan bakeries in the world... Look out. Look out. Look out. Because Maro is coming. Yeah, right? Look Maro out. Is coming. Wildflower in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. That's right. I love you guys, but, you know, my mom's got game. So here's what we have. We have, we have, uh, these are quinoa crispy treats. Quinoa so these crispy. are a quinoa, higher protein, raw, vegan take on a traditional rice crispy treat. Uh-huh. Thinner, yes, but the flavor is hauntingly similar to a rice crispy right. treat. I'm going to go for this and try not to. Ready? Hear that crunch? Whoa, that's so good. Yeah. Remember kind of that vanilla-y, marshmallow-y mm-hmm. flavor of a Rice Krispie treat? Nailed it. How it does crazy. she do it? Um, that is so good. A lot of hours in the kitchen and a lot of patience with a dehydrator. Oh, okay. These are dehydrated, actually, not baked. That's really, really amazing. Dude, when you eat one, the addiction of these... <laughs> you, you immediately went for another I'm like, one. Mom, so do you think it's healthy that you sprinkle crack... <laughs> into the crispy treats because I mean it's I feel way, great it's the way that, that people have been doing it for centuries you know <laughs> sprinkle the crack on there mm. that's really good way to go mom Pandora's box okay <laughs> so the second thing what is this these are her take on uh, thin mints so you old school Whoa. Girl Scout cookies right yeah chocolate covered crispy mint on the inside again raw totally vegan they smell uh, like Thin Mints. They do. They snap like Thin Mints. I'm going to take pictures of all these things, and I'm going to post them on mm. Twitter. Mm. Wow. And the same texture, too. Like graham crackery on the mm-hmm. inside, but fudgy on the outside. Right. That's what I mean. Mom's got game. And I, I have to say... Mom's my, got... She, she knows serious, what she's doing. dude. But my Achilles heel is baking. I just want to make that known. Mm-hmm. I know that might not have been a question like, Jason, what is your Achilles heel as a vegan chef? It's baking. I never really learned it. I'm decent at it, but if you were going to throw down with me, that's the thing. If I was to go on Iron Chef or a competition show and they're like, today's competition is scones. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> well, that's, I'm done. That's, where, that's where mom steps in. You know, She just takes over from there. How is she with uh, all the other kinds of cooking? Incredible. Um, mom doesn't have an Achilles. Well, hmm. I don't think mom has an Achilles heel. That's the thing. It's like soup, salad, stir fries, desserts, baked goods, like... She just crushes it, dude. Uh huh. So, I'm gonna just take some pictures of, of these. You can, you can arrange them and get jiggy with it, dude. Oh, uh, that's so good. You have an Instagram account, right? I do, but I don't really post a lot of. Uh, it's not very vegan Food snack attacky. Heavy. Yeah, no. the v- at vegan snacker on Twitter is where I post a lot of photos. I need to follow like you that. if I'm not following you. Follow hey, me man, me it's yet. gonna happen. Those are incredible. Mom, yeah. you've done it again. Maro, Maro, Maro. comes in the clutch. Uh, oh, you want some of these too? What what is this? Oh, you know what yeah. these are? Let's talk about them. Okay, so these are um, 
These are, uh, uh, why can I think of them right now? <laughs> I just forgot the name. They're not lingonberries. They're, um, they're, um, uh, uh, these, yeah, things I'm not from, sure. these things from Thailand. Why can I think of the name right now? I'm having a brain fart. Oh my God. They're one of my favorite things. So anyway, let's peel them while I think of the name. I don't think I've ever had one before, actually. These are, um, these are, uh, uh, oh God, this is so funny that I'm having this brain fart right now. Um, I'm going to let you work it out because I don't know it. <laughs> they're like, they're, they also call them, um, oh God, why can't I think of this fruit? So they're Asian, but they also uh -huh. grow in California. I got, th these were from a friend from the Hollywood farmer's market. Oh yeah? And they're, um, they look like little miniature, maybe like coconuts. They're, they're not, and I'm trying to. No, 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 I know they're right not. I wish I could hold these up. I wish yeah. we were doing a Skype session. You unpeel, and it looks like there's they're, an eyeball inside. They're. Uh, they're uh... <laughs> I should Google this because I can't remember. I keep thinking longinberry, but they're not a longinberry. They're not a jujube. They're um. Mm. <laughs> Delicious. Let me see if the taste can jog the memory. This is so funny. Mmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's good. They're kind of like juicy, spongy. Mm. Huge pit, though. Huge pit. All right, I'm going to look it up. I'll look it up because I'm having a huge brain fart, which is embarrassing. All right, so these are, from, these are from Thailand? Yeah, and they're like little little fruits that you peel. And they're not jujube, they're, they're not jujubes and they're not dates. They're... Uh, help me. Help me relieve the brain fart, John. All right, let's see what we can find out. Um, no, it's not that... Well, there's... Lychee fruit? Lychee! It's a lychee fruit? Thank you. It was the L. I was you know, I've never Longan. seen... I've, I've seen them, and I've had them, like, in things, like the flavor that, you know, it's a very familiar flavor. I've, you know, I've had it, like, in stuff, but I've never just had one mm. just straight up, mm -hmm. like, hey, check it out. Right? It's some good stuff. Thank you, sir. Lychee good is what snacks. I meant to say. Good snacking. Uh, I gotta say, though, I don't think that nature, that, which made these, these uh, lychees, could come even close to your mother. She's sorry, Mother be. Nature. She's sorry. Maro trumps my nature. <laughs> so if you're in Detroit, I beg you to just not look up uh, Jason's mother and knock on her door. Uh, in a few years, you'll watch her videos online and you'll see, uh, you'll, you'll come out to her bakery. That's right. It'll be a chain of bakeries. It'll be in every major city. Oh, it, it has to be a takeover. There's no option other than global right. takeover. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they'll, I mean, everything will be inside your local grocery store, for sure. Um, no doubt about it. But yeah. So uh, before we wrap things up, is there anything else that you wanted to, to mention? Yeah, a shameless promotion, if I may. Well, we're totally going to get into that. <laughs> um, um, the, the, the thing is um, that I want to mention is social media was uh, hugely instrumental in the success of the pilot mm -hmm. that led to the series now. So I just want to encourage people to just keep it up. Um, we've got a specific hashtag for the show that you can share on Instagram and Twitter. What do we got? It's hashtag how to live to 100. Mm -hmm. So that's how to, T-O, live to 100. Okay. Um, at Cooking Channel, at Jason Robel. It's Jason W-R-O-B is in baby. E-L.com. <laughs> um, so just really the biggest thing is we show the network and we show them our support for this type of programming. Mm -hmm. So there's more of it. Not just my series, but we show a demand for this type of All cuisine. All sorts of alternative diet programming exactly, i guess we can call it exactly. we'll call it that now but it's not gonna be alternative no soon. not at all i uh, and on the topic quickly because uh, i meant to ask this earlier how to live to 100 um i read statistically that vegetarians live 
about eight years longer than uh, people with more of an omnivorous diet. Yes. Do you know if there's if, if it's even longer for vegans? I haven't actually seen any vegan statistics. I've I only seen the, vegetarian. Yeah, I see. I saw the study you're talking about, which I mm-hmm. think was um, and that was a few years ago too. That was a few years ago, and that was um, that was a, a study with just vegetarians, not mm-hmm. full on vegans. I do know that real briefly in doing a lot of research with um, centenarians who live in blue zones around the world. Mm-hmm. These are the people who are living past a hundred and more in large concentrations. Sure. There are very similar statistics and lifestyle choices they're making. Mm-hmm. One, primarily plant-based foods. Some of them do eat some animal foods, but it's not the main crux of their diet by any means. Mm-hmm. Secondly, daily exercise in some form. Even if it's just walking or swimming or hiking, something gentle, they're moving their bodies daily. Third, a sense of community and family, right? They're with their families. There's sure. a strong yeah. sense of bonding. They don't live too far from their families. And they're also integral in their community. They're involved in some way. Um, the other is eating a highly mineralized diet and drinking lots of water. Mineralization and hydration, very key. And there's other factors, but those are really the main ones that you can see across the board with people yeah. living to 100. And you know what? Not taking life too seriously, minimizing stress, taking it easy, absolutely, letting go of anger, resentment, forgiving people. So you got to do it. For people listening, even though he just told you how to live to 100... <laughs> Still watch the show. <laughs> yeah, please don't say, okay, got it. Oh, Thanks. just oh, that checklist? Okay, no problem. I'll, I'll, do, I'll get on it right now. Um, yeah, so people should set their DVRs. Uh, this Friday the 3rd is when it's starting up. 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. And we've got uh, the Friday night slot. That's every week for the series now. We've got the Friday night slot. Primetime. Primetime, Holla. Yeah, so set your DVRs. If you don't get the cooking channel, contact your cable provider. <laughs> or at least, you know, if you don't have a TV, just check out the website. And that's going to be on Cooking Channel's website, the webisodes? Yep, it's cookingchanneltv.com. Yeah. And then you have your own website. Are the, the episode, website's going to be on your site too? They're nope. not, sir. Okay, so just go to Cooking Channel. But you do have a website. I do. Just your name. Yep. Dot com. Just jasonrobal.com. Jasonrobal.com. Um, and there's great recipes on there. Um, you can have links to all of my YouTube videos. I've uh-huh. got... 200 plus recipes up on YouTube. Um, great blog posts too. So check out uh, the website. Uh, one last question for you. Yes. What's your favorite thing to eat? You saved the hardest one for last. <laughs> oh my God. I can only give you one answer. Give me it. We, do you want to do like top three? I, I have to. Okay, Wait, top two, one, one is impossible. Um, I got to say my top three foods are probably uh, coconut, mm-hmm. mango, avocado. I wow. keep it tropical, yo. That's definitely keeping it tropical. I keep it tropical. Coconut's taken over, man. Coconut's in, in everything now. And, it, and for good reason. That stuff's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Jason, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, John. Thank you for sharing these amazing snacks. And thanks, Ma, Ma Ro, for, uh, <laughs> for baking such amazing, amazing food. Uh, yeah. So check all that stuff. Watch the show. Watch the webisodes. Watch the videos on YouTube. Everything, everybody. Check it out. This guy's awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey.